between the golden age of Atlantis and the rise of recorded history, there were ages undreamed of. Hither came heroes and villains possessing swords and magic, whose deeds became tales and legends. I have come to relate these sagas. Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. Welcome to Days of High Adventure. I'm your storyteller, your lore giver, your, well, podcast host. That's probably the best term. I'm your host, Clinton Robison. This podcast exists mainly as an excuse for me to share some fantasy comics with the world. Okay, let's be honest, it's an excuse for me to read more fantasy comics, but if I talk about them on a podcast, then, you know, it, it's, it works as a better excuse. You get something, I get something. We're, we're all good here. <sighs> but, I mean, is this a bit of an audacious thesis for me to be sharing fantasy comics with the world? Well, yes, obviously. But fantasy is one of my favorite genres. Comic books are one of my favorite mediums to convey stories. And I love fantasy comics. You know, it's the perfect fit, right? Again, I get something, you get something. Well, I get two somethings, uh, yeah. So, before we get the podcast started, I probably need to define what is a fantasy comic, since so many things can technically be counted as fantasy these days. The fantasy comics that I want to look like, look at are... Well, comics that focus on a traditional fantasy setting and characters. Not urban fantasy like John Constantine or the Dresden Files. Uh, preferably not so much a modern era hero transported to a fantasy time or land. You know, like Warlord or Amethyst. Though Those will undoubtedly pop up from time to time. Uh, speaking of Warlord, go check out the Rad Adventures Network where they have Warlord Worlds. Focusing specifically on Warlord, so, you know, that's already covered. I'm thinking more along the lines of comic series that remind you more of a Dungeons and Dragons game. More of a, a literary adaptation or a pastiche of things like Lord of the Rings or Conan the Barbarian. And speaking of Conan, I figure we'll get this show started with a Conan story. Is beginning a fantasy comics podcast with a Conan story a little too on the nose? Yeah, probably. But we might as well start with something listeners might be familiar with, rather than diving straight into stranger territory. For further reference, this is not necessarily an index show, as there's no way I could possibly cover every fantasy comic in existence. Especially not from beginning to end. Good lord, I mean, think of the Patreon dollars that would be involved in such an ordeal. <sighs> what I will try to do, and I do mean try, what I will try to do, however, is select different books 
or characters or so forth and more or less cover a single story at a time. This might be a group of issues, you know, storylines are sometimes spread across multiple issues, and sometimes I might even break up these storylines into multiple episodes. But some of those might also be a single issue. Or, like today's episode, focusing on a single story contained within the issue itself. So, uh, just a heads up, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to do a backup. Today's story comes from Savage Sword of Conan, number 99, from Marvel Comics. With a publication date of April 1984. Sorry, I had to grab the issue real fast. I uh, kind of forgot that one. <laughs> ah, well, for those not in the know, and I don't know entirely why you would be completely out of the loop when you're listening to this podcast, but, you know, we all start somewhere. And I'm probably closer to the start than others at times. Anyway, sorry, I kind of diverged there. For those not in the know, Savage Sword of Conan was the black-and-white magazine-sized Conan comic that Marvel produced back in the day. It would generally feature a feature-length story starring Conan, and occasionally also feature a backup story starring either Conan or another Robert E. Howard creation, Cull. Conan himself was a character created by writer Robert E. Howard and first saw publication back in 1932. That's almost 100 years ago at this point. Well, coming up on 90 years. Pretty close, yeah. But yeah, that was a 1932 publication in the literary magazine Weird Tales. Uh, The first published story is called The Phoenix on the Sword. Conan is depicted as a relative savage compared to the quote-unquote civilized city-dwelling folk of his world. He is possessed by a more or less an insatiable wanderlust and desire for pleasurable experiences. Conan journeys throughout the cities and countries of his world seeking adventure wherever he may find it. He has been described as possessing great melancholies and great mirth. Before his death, Howard had written 21 complete Conan stories, but only 17 of those had seen print at that time. Over the years, many writers have picked up the Conan stories. Uh, L. Sprague de Kemp and Lynn Carter added to some of the incomplete stories and wrote pastiche versions of their own. And several novelists over the years have also picked up the Conan stories and uh, spun a pretty good tale with them. Marvel Comics and Dark Horse Comics have both held the license to print Conan comics over the years. And sometimes reprints overlap, so it's not unusual to see a comic originally printed by Dark Horse to be reprinted with a Marvel logo, or vice versa. At the time of this recording, Marvel has all the rights back to the Conan comics. Uh, They have been pretty steadily reprinting the old adventures, both the Marvel comics and the Dark Horse publications, and have been churning out new Conan stories 
since uh, you know the early 2019, I think. So since I'm getting a lot of the the um, you know, finer details of what this podcast is about in this initial episode, I'll really only be looking at the short backup feature from Savage Sword of Conan number 99. Uh, if you happen to be a huge fan of this issue, or just Conan in general, don't worry, don't worry. I'll come back to the main story too, as I think it's one worth sharing. And just, just not this episode. We're, we're trying to, you know, feel things out here. Let this podcast find its feet first, so to speak. I don't know why a podcast would have feet, but anyway, anyway. And just a fair caveat before we get into this, if you are unfamiliar at all with sword and sorcery stories, they generally feature things um, like excessive violence, sexual content, and language choices that do not always hold up to modern scrutiny. Sometimes I'm going to have to uh, probably say some sensitive things here, folks. But I'll try to warn you ahead of time, but... I mean, take this as your warning now, for the most part, that not everything is um, 21st century, you know, in the 2020s acceptable kind of things every time. (sighs) And yeah, this is going to be one of those times, as Conan has a narrow view of sex workers as far as his time period. Just saying. But... For the most part, this is probably going to be one of the main times I really harp on this because, quite frankly, you're listening to this, you probably already know what Conan is like. So, the backup story in Savage Sword of Conan number 99 is titled One Night at the Mall, spelled M A U L. Writer was Jim Owsley you might also know as Christopher Priest. Penciler was Stan Walk. And the inker was Ned Sontag. No colorist, because, I mean, you know, it's a black and white magazine. Uh, There was not a letterer credit that I saw, but let me uh, check one more time here. Make sure I did not miss it. No, there is no letterer credit. If anyone knows who did the lettering for this, do please let me know. So, our story opens with Zeta, a Brythunian woman romanced and abandoned by Conan as she travels to the mall to basically give him a piece of her mind. Instead... She once again falls into the barbarian's arms. Conan, however, tricks her into betting a drunken Simeon, who is a tavern dweller, upset with Conan for stealing his winch. Zeta's husband, Alexis, arrives to confront Conan, who tells the unknowing cuckold where Zeta and Simeon are. Alexis attacks the nearly comatose Simeon before all three realize Conan has tricked them. But Conan has the last word as he reveals it was all really a plot by Zeta to have her husband confront Conan in an act of suicide so that she might have Alexis's wealth. 
The three leave the tavern as Conan dejectively looks for his lost tavern slave. All right. That is the nice little summation of One Night at the Mall. My thanks to the Marvel Wiki for that <laughs> basically brief summary. Uh, I mean, it's, it's an eight-page story, folks. It's not going to be very long of a tale to recap. So, here seems a nice enough spot to take a promo break. So, go grab a drink, you know, a nice mead or an ale or something. And uh, we'll be right back. Warlord Worlds, a fan podcast devoted to the comic creations of Mike Grell, including Warlord, John Sable, Star Slayer, Shaman's Tears, and Green Arrow. I'm Darren. And I'm Ruth. hope you'll join us as we discuss the stories, characters, and art in the many excellent comics from writer and artist Mike Grell. Warlord Worlds is available at podbean.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. Find us at warlordworlds.com. You like cheap comic books, right? Well, I'm Professor Allen, and I talk about cheap comic books on the Quarterbin Podcast. In every episode, I'll dissect a single comic from my collection, as long as I paid no more than 25 cents for the issue. Forget about $4 new comics that you can read in four minutes, or crossover events that can cost 100 bucks to collect. Join me in the Quarterbin, where even bad comics are a bargain, and good ones are a steal. The Quarterbin Podcast is part of the Relatively Geeky Podcast Network. Visit us at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com or search Relatively Geeky or Quarterbin Podcast in iTunes. I guarantee it'll be worth every penny. Welcome back. I hope you found a nice tasty snack during that promo period. So, my thoughts on this. I mean, this is a great story. This really is. It's it's fun. It it's great for setting the well. I don't want to say setting the scene. That sounds tacky. Uh, it it's it's a bit of a nice introduction into the Conan world. If you've never actually read any of these stories, this is not a combat heavy Conan story like you'd expect. So it's probably not the absolute best one to give somebody as an introduction to what Conan is all about. However, it does showcase that Conan is not stupid. He is very clever. He does a very great job of manipulating those who have come to try and screw him over. It showcases Conan basically doing you know, one of the things that he loves most, which is womanizing. I mean, even in those Robert E. Howard stories, Conan is rarely without a woman on his arm at some point. Oh, man. Owsley, he's no stranger to Conan stories. He did a good stint on the 
Conan the Barbarian comic, the, the color one from Marvel, as well as doing stories in Savage Sword. And for my experience, they are all... I mean, he you can tell he really uh, understood the character, that the, the stories were probably fun to tell, I'm sure. Uh, this one in particular, it's definitely a classic Conan-style story, because there's always people trying to screw him over, trick him into doing things, the, the cheating wives, the plots to steal the money or get rich by someone's death, anything like that. That's straight out of the Conan, the Conan canon, everything like that. The art in this is really good. It's not not quite as good as the art in like the main story, but for a backup, it's really impressive. There's nothing out of place, nothing that doesn't fit. It's it's not too comical except in the parts that are supposed to be. It's not too serious. It's everything is just perfect for it. It really is. Um now as far as like a favorite panel, the the on the second page where you first get Zeta barging in to see Conan sitting at the table and he's just you can tell he's as soon as he sees her, he has this look on his face where he's just having absolutely none of it. Yeah, there, there's no way that she's going to persuade him to do anything that he doesn't want to do. And what he doesn't want to do is basically anything that would benefit her. Oh, man, that is... The, the whole story is just right there in that one panel. But even then, my favorite part... It has to be when Conan explains that he figured out everybody's plot. Like, as soon as... He had everyone's number from the moment they walked into that tavern. But, of course, you know, in true Conan style, he can't... Can't let on that he's anything but a dumb savage, you know. Just... Just go along, play with part. That kind of thing. But, you know, I mean, this is... This is Conan. He's doing his Conan thing. So, I mean, that's really about it on this. It's, it's an eight-page backup. There's not much I can tell. Um, I mean, I ha- don't expect every episode to go this quickly, though. No, 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 no. Some of these stories are, you know, 40 pages, 50, 60-page stories. Uh, if we're covering multiple issues of a comic, something like that, that's going to take up some time. But, you know, I figured this would be a pretty good introduction. And, you know, for those of you who know me from other podcasts, thank you for following me over here. For those of you who are completely new to hearing my voice, I hope I haven't scared you off. Now, I'd hate to leave you without some sort of literature or visual media suggestions to go along with the story. Thank you, Professor Allen, for the suggestion of doing literature recommendations. I think we both kind of stole that idea from Stella, but anyway. For this one, th- this is an easy suggestion, listeners. Go watch the 1982 movie Conan the Barbarian starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, it's it's not entirely perfect as a Conan adaptation, 
but it hits pretty darn close. In fact, it's probably about as close as we're ever going to get. And it also has a Conan pretty similar, you know, personality-wise, to the one seen in this story. So normally this is where I'd have another little promo break and come back with some feedback, but since, you know, this is a first episode, uh, yeah, probably not so much. So, I do want to thank you. I hope you do come back for more. It would be a great, great pleasure to have you listen regularly. I'm hoping this show will help us all just kind of experience the fantasy genre a little more. Because there's there's fun stuff out there, and I really want to share it. I'm not going to sit there and say this is, you know, this is a 1 out of 10, this is a 10 out of 10. I'm not here to rate these stories. I'm just here to relate these. So, hopefully that worked for all of you. Thank you again for joining me. If you want to get in contact with the show, you can follow me and message me on Twitter at DHADVPod, or you can email the show at DHAdventurePod at gmail.com. And I hope you come back for more Days of High Adventure.